0: Welcome back to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope all is going well. We're starting another week. No doubt, multiple shitstorms await us. That seems to be the common occurrence every week these days, both in politics and news, what have you. Plenty of stories that we'll talk about today. Now, in every podcast, I always tell folks, if you want to reach out, ask a question, make a comment, make a complaint. You're more than welcome to do that. You can go and email me at rationalboomer at gmail.com, or you can go to anchor.fm. Look for the Rational Boomer podcast, and you can leave me a voicemail. And that's exactly what this listener did. So let's take a quick listen to a voicemail message from listener Regina. My husband was convicted of 55 years to life. I can give you the police officer that that arrested him, we hired him as an investigator. We had no idea that he was the supervisor detective in in regards to my ex-husband's case. The person who actually committed the murder admitted to committing the murder and (coughs) told the judge that he was forced by the 75th Precinct to make those accusations, but he's telling the truth now. They did not believe him. He served My husband served 35 years in prison, and in 2024, he's up for parole. You tell such a good story. I wish that you can hear his story. Tell his story. I'm willing to pay you whatever you ask. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, Regina. And uh, I know you were asking me to tell the story but I thought it would be better if I just played your voicemail because I didn't get enough of the story to understand it completely. I don't have all the facts, but I get the gist of what you're talking about. And this is something that's long bothered me about our justice system. It seems like our justice system isn't about justice at all. It's about egos and winning. Now, if what Regina tells us about this situation, her ex-husband is... Innocent of a crime, but he's spending thirty five years in jail because of it, and there were a lot of things that would have proved him innocent, but the justice department refuses to look at it and again that's that's been a pet peeve of mine it's something that's always troubled me about the way justice is handled in this country I mean when we're looking at the level of the police departments, this is how they go after a crime and a criminal. They will go out and try to find a suspect. And hopefully they do find a suspect. With any luck, they find the actual suspect, the person who committed the crime. But what I see in police departments is troubling because they will find a suspect. Now, this person may or may not have been guilty of the crime, But once they get their focus on that suspect, nothing else matters other than trying to prove that this is the criminal. Their egos want them to solve crimes, and it's much harder to go after justice than it is the win. What I mean by that is, if you've got a suspect and all you're doing is focusing on getting this person convicted— And you're not looking anyplace else, maybe the actual suspect, the actual criminal. You're not searching for justice. You're picking somebody out, and you're trying to make that person look guilty. And that's always been troublesome to me because we get a lot of people put in jail that maybe don't deserve it. And they haven't taken enough time to investigate it deeply enough to see what it would take to find justice as opposed to this win. Now, you would think when it got to the prosecution, of course, they want justice. Of course, they're going to find the true answers. The policemen are just on the streets. They're kind of lazy. They don't want to dig any deeper. They want the quick win. They find the suspect. They book them and send them to the prosecutor. Now, you would hope the prosecutor would have in mind justice. But in fact, the prosecutor is the same as the police department. They don't care about justice because all they want is the win. They get this guy in and they want a conviction. They want it quick and they want it done. That makes them look good. So you get somebody the police department has told you is guilty, even though they haven't investigated fully. They haven't looked at other options because they were too busy focused on this one person. Now, they go to the prosecution, and they do the very same thing. When they have a suspect, and they're going to prosecute, they're not looking at other options as far as somebody else that might be guilty. Their one focus is building a case against that person, that person who may be innocent. So they spend all this time building a case, and if the... uh Suspect or the or, or the uh, uh, the prosecuted uh, doesn't have good lawyers or maybe is unlucky enough to have some circumstantial evidence. Chances are they're going to lose the case. So what do we have? We have the cops potentially picking up the wrong guy, and then the prosecution slam dunking this person into jail. This happens all too often. We're seeing it now with these. Uh, situations with DNA DNA evidence. A lot of people are getting out of jail because they can't deny the DNA evidence, so they release them. And they say, geez, I'm sorry, here's a little bit of money, but you've taken 10, 20, 30 years away from their lives. That's absolute bullshit, and that's not how this country should run. We don't need police departments looking for wins or... or, uh, State prosecutors looking for wins. We want them to get justice. We want them to find, prosecute, and convict the actual criminals that committed this crime. But that isn't their mindset. Their mindset is to win. They find an unlucky party, and if they're guilty, great. They get them convicted, right guy goes to jail. But if they're, the, the, the suspect is unlucky and he's not guilty, they don't care. They're going to slam this through as quickly as they can because they want the win. And as I say, this has always been something that's troubled me because you have to wonder how many people just get uh, uh, ramrodded through the system and get thrown in jail. Nobody cares about justice or the truth or the real criminal. All they care about is the win. This is really a problem in our country. This is contrary to what our Constitution says and contrary to what our Justice Department should be doing. now in the case with Regina here it sounds like based on her story that that's what may have happened to her ex-husband so he's been in jail for 35 years. he's been he's up for uh, probation in 2024 but is he going to get probation They didn't believe he was innocent when he was in the first place. Are they going to now? Are they going to have to have him admit that he committed the crime and he's sorry? Now, if he's smart, he'll just admit to it and say he's sorry and get the hell out. But the problem is, it's hard when you haven't committed a crime to actually confess to it. We know that police officers pressure people to get confessions There have been so many false confessions, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's almost to the point where you shouldn't even consider a confession because you don't know what the police did to get that fucking confession. We've got a serious problem in our police departments and our justice. It's not being served. It's not being handled properly. This is just a game for these people and a game they want to win. And Regina, I'm sorry you're going through what you're going through. I'm sorry your ex-husband is going through it. I can't really speak to that case because I don't know all the details. But this is an all-too-common story in this country. And it's appalling that it would be happening in the United States of America. This is certainly something we need to address. I don't know if it ever will. I don't know but it's something we need to address. Our judicial system sucks. It's bad. Especially when we have people uh, involved in an insurrection or other, other criminal acts on the um, political side up to the White House, and these people haven't even been indicted yet. They say... Our government will tell us that no one is above the law. Well, I say, okay, then fucking prove it to us. Because the way they act, the way they handle business, tells us the exact opposite. Clearly, there are people above the law. Many people above the law. They're either rich, famous, or powerful. Or all three. Those people are above the law. You can say what you want. You can try to make us believe that No one's above the law, but you, me, Regina, we all know that's bullshit, and that needs to be changed. So, Regina, I thank you for the question or the comment and the story, and I'll tell you what, I do like telling stories. I love telling stories, and I've got a million stories on all kinds of different topics, but you know what I also like? I also like listening to stories. That is probably one of my most favorite things. When somebody has a story, I want to hear it. I learn from those stories. I'm entertained by those stories. Sometimes I'm saddened or made happy by those stories. But those stories are important to us, and they need to be imparted and let other people know. Now, if you're in the audience listening to this podcast, and maybe you have a story, it doesn't have to be like this story. It's any story that you think should be exposed to people, and maybe you don't feel comfortable doing it. Or maybe you don't have the platform to do it. I will tell you this. If you have stories that you want to get out there for whatever reason, send them to me. Email them to me. Or or uh, give me a voicemail on, on anchor.fm. I will relay those stories and give some comments about it and give it some exposure. Give it some air. There's a lot of stories out there that people are afraid to tell. But they need to be told. And if I can be helpful to you by telling them, by all means, I'm here for you. Send them to me. All right, let's talk about what's going on. As a, as a resident of the state of Minnesota, I've got to tell you, I am absolutely embarrassed by the murders of innocent citizens by our police departments particularly the Minneapolis Police Department, but not limited to the Minneapolis Police Department because we saw the situation with Brooklyn Center and we've seen other circumstances. Now, the most recent situation where an innocent citizen was murdered by the Minneapolis Police Department started when the St. Paul Police Department wanted to issue a search warrant and execute that search warrant. Unfortunately, it was in Minneapolis. So the process is St. Paul calls Minneapolis and says, look, we want you to do this search warrant for us. We're investigating a homicide, so we want you to search this premises. Now, what was interesting about this was the Minneapolis Police Department said, yeah, we'll do it, but only if it's a no-knock search. Which is interesting to me. That's kind of weird. First, when somebody tells you a story about some black man that was killed in an apartment, some of the racist folks in this country will immediately think that it was some rat-infested crack den in the bad part of town. That wasn't the case here. This was an upscaled apartment, a very nice apartment in downtown Minneapolis. Now, the interesting thing is this apartment was on the seventh floor. Why that's important is because why do you need a no-knock search warrant on the seventh floor? What, is the occupant going to go out the back door? No, I don't fucking think so. This is all about showing a power and strength and control. It had nothing to do with what was necessary in issuing and executing this search warrant. I don't know what the I don't know what the reason they decided to do it, but I have to think it has more to do with power and control than actual necessity. Now, The interesting thing, too, about this is they had a key. Now, take note of that. They had a key. No doubt they got that from management. It was maybe a master key. It was probably a master key, given how this all worked out. They opened the door with the key. And there was some debate about this. When I did a TikTok, I said they did not announce themselves. Well, if you listen to the video, they did say police But you have to understand the way it happened. The moment they opened the door, everybody's yelling and screaming from the police department. And there's a number of police officers there. Somebody did say that they were the police. But it wasn't exactly clear. Now, when they walked in the door, this is interesting. Amir Locke was sleeping on the couch. I said he might have been watching TV. I didn't know at the time, but now I do know. He was sleeping. He was sound asleep, wrapped up in a blanket. These police officers come in. They kick the couch and wake Amir Lock up. Now, keep in mind, he's just waking up. He's startled. He hears a bunch of people in his apartment, or whatever apartment he was in, And what he does is he grabs for a gun. Now, as distasteful as that might be for some people, the fact of the matter is the gun was legally registered. He had every right to have the gun. Now, in the video, you see exactly what happens with the gun. Now, the police officer that shot him said, well, he pointed the gun at me. Well, unfortunately, there's a video. And the gun was pointed at the ground in the video seconds before he was shot and his finger wasn't even on the trigger it was more in a safe spot on the gun so he had no intention at that point of shooting because he didn't know what was going on can you imagine being shaken awake in the early morning hours and all of a sudden a bunch of people with guns are in there what are you going to do Well, if you have a gun available to you, then uh, you're going to grab that fucking thing. Now, they may have said police, but again, he was asleep. So did he hear them say police or was he still asleep? There's no way to know that because they fucking killed him and he can't say. Now, here's the important point of this. The period of time when they walked in the door, kicked the couch, woke up Amir, saw that he had a gun, and they shot and killed him is nine seconds. Nine seconds from the moment of walking in the door to the point where they murdered Amir Locke. (laughs) Now, people, people came to my post on TikTok and said, well, if you just fucking complied, just fucking complied. He didn't have a chance to comply. He was killed within nine seconds of those idiots coming into the room. Don't tell me he needed to comply. He may very well have complied, but you woke him up out of a dead sleep on a no-knock search, which you had no business doing. He gets up. He sees a bunch of people with guns yelling and screaming. All he can possibly think of is, I got to protect myself. Now, if you want to deny that, let's go to one of the Trumplafucks or these Second Amendment freaks. I bet you they sleep with a gun, and I bet you they shoot first and ask questions later. Amir Locke didn't do that, but the cops did. You know, it's a funny thing about the Second Amendment. These people are rabid about owning guns and being able to do whatever they want with guns, they want to go into. Um, malls, churches, schools, movie theaters. They want their guns with them all the time to show that they're powerful in protecting themselves. But it's funny, it seems like they're all for the Second Amendment for white people, but they're dead set against it for people of color. And that tells you exactly who they are, what they are, and uh, the kind of humans they are. Some other things important to remember about... Uh, Amir Locke, he had absolutely no criminal record. He was not wanted for anything. He hadn't done anything. Some people posted on my TikTok and said, well, he had drugs. He had no drugs. There were no drugs in the apartment, and he had no drugs on him. And they keep wanting to say, well, he had a gun, he was asking for trouble. No, motherfucker, you're the ones that say the Second Amendment means everybody can have a gun anytime they want. You can't change the rules just because this kid is black. So shut the fuck up. Now, here's the critical point to this whole thing. Remember, they had a key. I presume it's a master key. Because that's the only way it explains what happened next. It tells us that the police department once again fucked up. They got a master key. They open the door. And they go in. They kill Amir Locke. But guess what? They walked into the wrong apartment. Amir Locke was not a target at all in this search warrant. So they go to this door with a search warrant, a no-knock search warrant. They go in, they kill this kid, but they're in the wrong fucking apartment and they've got the wrong guy. It's absolutely appalling, these kinds of mistakes. There's certain jobs in this world that you have to have. If you're a truck driver in this country, your truck better be up to standards as far as safety and you better follow the rules to the t because if you cause a crash and kill somebody you're going to jail and you're going to jail for a long time hence that kid in colorado that got like 85 years they brought it down but you're going to go to jail because you had a dangerous weapon in that truck something that could kill one another or other people And you have to be careful. There is no room for mistakes. Unfortunately, with police officers that are supposed to be protecting us and carry guns, they make mistakes all the time and they get off. See, that's the thing that has to change. If you're a police officer supposed to be protecting me and you carry a gun, before you pull that trigger, you better be fucking right. Now people will talk about this as racist, and frankly it could very well be. Had that kid been white, maybe he wouldn't have been shot. But I don't think that's the real problem with this situation. It's I think a cop goes in there, he sees a gun. He'll tell you that he pointed at him, but that wasn't true. But he sees the gun, and what does the cop do? He fucking panics. That's exactly what he does. He fucking panics. Now, if you're a police officer carrying a gun trying to protect me, you better not be one of these fucks that panic. You better have some more courage than that. Because when you panic and you get emotional, that's when you make mistakes. That's when you kill a mere lock. Wrong guy, wrong apartment, no criminal record. You shot a perfectly innocent human. And whether it was accidental or not, you are in a position where you should not make mistakes. And if you do, you should pay the price. It's appalling that this keeps happening in Minneapolis. We had George Floyd. We had that situation in Brooklyn Center. Black men getting killed for no fucking good reason. None of these three were criminals enough to be killed. And the most innocent of them is Amir Locke. This guy didn't have a record. People will say, well, he was a bad guy. He deserved it. No, that's not how it fucking works. That's not how our judicial system works. Police arrest. Prosecutors prosecute. Judges set sentences. That's how it works. You don't get to kill people on the street just because you think they might be guilty. And that's what happened in all three of these cases. Now, the the white fucks out there will say to me, yeah, well, in, in your town, didn't a black cop shoot a white woman? Hm, that's true. That actually happened. A woman, for some reason, she thought somebody was in her yard or whatever, she called the police. Police come up the alley. She starts you know she's scared and she doesn't know what to do she's never called the police before so she's walking down the alley toward the police car she comes up on the driver's side now the black officer who happens to be somalian sees her doing it again he fucking panics a woman walking up to the car she they had a report that somebody had a gun in the neighborhood so she they were on guard for that but this woman is walking toward them into the headlights You can see she doesn't have a gun. She walks up to the driver's side. The Somalian officer in the passenger side reaches across the cop in the driver's seat and shoots and kills this woman. Now, they want to make a comparison when the cops shoot these black guys. No, see, they shoot white people, too. Here's the point you racist fucks. Cops shouldn't be shooting anybody. Cops should have more, I don't know, more understanding of what's going on and make good choices. There is no room for mistakes. And while the police are killing more black men than anything, The white people that feel safe, you have to understand, if you have fucked up stupid cops, you may not get shot by a mere lock, but you're going to suffer some consequences if one of these dumb shits happens upon you. Maybe it's just imitation. Maybe it's false imprisonment. Maybe it's a false uh, charge, like some of these people that end up in jail. It's a tragedy. It's a travesty. That black cops or black men are being killed by white cops in this town. I've always liked Minneapolis. I've lived here all my life. There are a lot of good things about Minneapolis, but the Minneapolis Police Department is the worst, and I'll be perfectly honest with you. They've been like this as long as I can remember, and I'm 61 years old maybe not killing as many black people back in the 60s and 70s, but they did some horrific shit. Now, I don't know if that's part and parcel to all police departments, but I know the Minneapolis Police Department has had problems for decades. And why these problems haven't been sorted out and fixed, I don't fucking know. And then when we have the mayor, Mayor Fry, and the interim chief of police step up in front of the press, not take questions, try to cover it up. There is nothing more appalling than that. To be perfectly honest with you, the cop that shot them, shot uh, Amir Locke, needs to go to jail. The people with him were accessories. At the very least, the interim chief of police and Mayor Fry need to fucking resign. You can't be doing this in this country. Government's first job is to protect the citizens. And when instead you're killing the citizens, you're failing your job, you're failing the community, and you need to get the fuck out. And if you committed a crime, you need to fucking go to jail. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back. Now, in the last podcast, I talked about uh, a negative note I got or a negative post. Somebody was angry that I called out Whoopi Goldberg for saying that the Holocaust had nothing to do with race. That was an absolutely stupid comment. Now this person said she apologized later. Fine. But she still said it. And I I, I just think that sometimes celebrities need to shut up. They aren't experts, but they have a platform and people listen to them and people trust them and people follow them. And I called out Whoopi Goldberg. Now, this person who called me or or texted me or whatever they did were angry because I wasn't protecting people of color, as she said, or he said. They said, I thought you were an ally. And I tried to explain this in the last podcast, but I'll do it again because clearly this person didn't understand what I was saying because she wrote back and made another comment or he. I don't see myself as an ally of the people of color. Now, immediately you're going to think, that's negative. What's he mean by that? Is he lying to us? Listen. Listen carefully. When you think of the term ally, you think like uh, America and Canada and America helping out Canada, or maybe Canada helping out America. When you're an ally, you're a friend, but you're different. Americans are American, Canadians are Canadians. You're different. If we want to battle racism in this country, we can't look at people of color as different. They're not different. They're no different than between blondes and brunettes or people with blue eyes and people with brown eyes. That's the point. I don't call myself an ally of the people of color because I'm not trying to assist them or help them. The only thing I want to do is treat them like they want to be treated, treated equally. Now, if somebody does something racist, I will fight against them about it because I'm... I'm disgusted when somebody does that. I look at calling myself an ally as suggesting that people of color are lesser than and they need my help and I'm going to be the guy to help them. I think that's bullshit. I think there's a lot of people in this country that say, I'm an ally, just because they want to look good. They're maybe not even really allies, at least in their minds. They say that so they can cover up how they act. It's all a bunch of bullshit to me. I don't have to be their ally. I am their friend. I respect them. I treat them like I treat anybody else I know. The fact of the matter is, color doesn't come into play. So when I call out Whoopi Goldberg, that doesn't mean I don't like black people. It doesn't even mean I don't like Whoopi Goldberg. All I said was, what she said was stupid. And with her platform, she shouldn't be saying shit like that, even if later she apologized. So don't make me out as some phony who doesn't support people of color. I support everybody that deserves support. Now, if you happen to be white and an asshole, I'm going to call you an asshole. But if you're white and I happen to support you and like you and respect you, I'll back you up. And the same goes with people of color. I will treat them exactly like I treat white people. And what that means is if they deserve respect and uh, I feel that I like them and I support them, I will be there with them all the way. But if somebody does something stupid, like Whoopi Goldberg with this comment, I'll call them out. The fact she's black is of no bearing in my thought process at all. Then you get those people that say, I don't see color. Fuck you. I do see color. It's just that color doesn't make a difference to me. See, every time you say, "I see color, I don't see color, or I'm an ally, you're distinguishing between black, white, brown, Asian, whatever. I'm saying if we want to be truly not racist, and we truly want to be equal, just treat everybody fucking equal. Hopefully this is... Understandable for this person who's been writing me. I think most of you understand what I'm saying. I'm not against white people. I'm not against people of color. I'm not against good people, decent people, people I respect. I am against anybody who's a fucking criminal or just a bad person. And that bad person could be any color in the fucking rainbow. It doesn't make a difference. I distinguish between truth and lies and good and bad. I like truth and I like good. Lies and bad, they can fuck off. I don't care who you are, where you are, or what color you are. So don't send me a note suggesting I'm a bad guy because I'm not supporting uh, uh, Whoopi Goldberg. I like Whoopi Goldberg. I like her as a comedian and an actress. I don't like what she said, so I called it out. I didn't say Whoopi was a bad person. I said what she said was stupid, and it was stupid, and I will stand by that. And uh, I support all people of all colors if they're good people. If they're good people and they do something stupid, I'm going to say something because you know what? If I say something stupid here, I'll be called out. And you know what? I fucking deserve it. I either support And back up what I say, or I apologize for saying it. But I don't take a platform and go out of my way to say something stupid. Uh, I mean, obviously, I don't have the platform that Whoopi Goldberg has. And that's the point. You say, the Holocaust had nothing to do with race. That is absolutely stupid. If you read a history book, you know fucking better. She was trying to make a point, and she said what she said, and it was wrong. And it... It it, it hurt the cause by her saying that. It diminished the Holocaust. And as I've said before, why is everybody talking about the Holocaust? There is hardly anybody alive now that was in the Holocaust that knows what the Holocaust is. And those people that, that are currently alive should be appalled by anybody invoking the Holocaust. It was one of the most horrific times in our world. Six million people killed. How dare you fucking talk about it? As if you know something. So that's my point on uh, (laughs) on Whoopi Goldberg. I'm not going to talk about it again. Hopefully you understand what I'm saying. I'm uh, not against anybody except bad people and liars. I don't like them, and I don't care what color they are. All right, since we're talking about racists, let's talk about Joe Rogan. Now, Joe Rogan just fucked himself, and it's not in some of the negative news stories that we've seen recently. For about 10 years, Joe Rogan had a very successful podcast. I mean, he was getting millions of listeners, and make no mistake, he was making a lot of money. But then here comes Spotify. They say, Joe, you're doing a good job here, Joe. We want a piece of that, and we'll make it appetizing for you. We want exclusivity on your podcast, and we're going to give you $100 million. And like most of us, somebody comes up to us and says, hey, can we buy your podcast for $100 million? They say, fuck yeah, $100 million will set me up for life. Yeah, I'll take that. But here's the thing. Joe Rogan did whatever he wanted to do in his podcast originally. He flew under the radar. The only people that listened to him were the people that liked him and followed him. So he could say virtually anything and get away with it. But now he's on Spotify. Now he has somebody to answer to. And he starts talking about anti-vax shit and conspiracy theories. What's interesting now is there's videos from two years ago when he was talking to a doctor and he was supporting vaccination, talking about how important it was, talking about all the people talking crazy shit about vaccines and the pandemic. So this guy has no integrity. One moment he's this guy, now he's that guy. And why is that? Because he's trying to get listeners. He's trying to sell advertising. He will say whatever he has to say to get those. And whether it be truthful or... Honest or decent or even dangerous to this country, like it was, he'll say fucking anything. So now Joe's in trouble because he was talking shit. Now, had it been normally back when he was just Joe Rogan and his show, it would have blown over, no big deal. But now he has somebody to answer to Spotify. And Spotify's taken a hit because. Many uh, very famous musicians are saying, if you're running Joe Rogan, take my music off. Neil Young, among many, many others, a lot of them have pulled their songs off. And it's costing Spotify money. But they didn't say anything. They didn't say anything at all. They were sticking with Joe. They said, Neil Young and all you people, you can go. We're sticking with Joe because we invested $100 million in them. But guess what? More shit's coming out. Joe Rogan, uh, in past podcast over the last 11 or 12 years, apparently he's had occasion to say the N-word multiple times. Well, that stung. And, of course, Joe had to apologize, which he did on a video. But the thing is, he didn't really apologize. He said, well, these were taken out of context. I'm not a racist. So, Joe, you're saying you said the N-word, you admit to that, it's on tape, we all know it's true, but we took it out of context. The question I would have for Joe is, what context do, can you create to make it so that you can say that word, so that some old white man can say the N-word? What situation or what context can you put that in where it's okay? Okay. There is no such context. It's absolute bullshit. So here's the problem with Joe Rogan now. Joe's got some big problems right now. Now, Spotify, the CEO, Daniel X, says he's not going to silence Joe Rogan. He's going to let him do what he wants to do, which is kind of bullshit. Because when it starts costing them money, they're going to put a throttle on Joe Rogan. But Joe, by taking this $100 million from Spotify, has completely changed the paradigm of his podcast. His podcast will forever be different, even though his listeners love the podcast. Just by virtue of the things he's gone through here, this racist stuff and this anti-vax stuff. He's going to be a little gun shy now. He has to be, because the Spotify folks are going to be in his shit, even if they're saying they're not. You see, the thing is, they can't say, yeah, we're going to shut Joe down, because that pretty much neuters Joe Rogan's show, and, of course, all the listeners go away. So they're in a tough spot. They don't want to let Joe do anything he wants and piss off everybody in the world, but at the same time, they don't want to make look Joe Joe look weaker and his podcast lesser than, so they feel like they've got to give him free reign. So whatever happens now, Joe's show's different. He sold out. And now that he's sold out, it's coming back on him. Now his show is going to be weaker and lighter. And that's, that's what happens to people in social media. They get a lot of followers, that immediately they think they're a star, and they believe they can do anything. But unfortunately, what they end up doing is nothing like what made them successful, so they start to lose traction, and they start to lose listeners, because whatever's going on now, it's not the Joe Rogan show anymore. It's Joe Rogan show light, and the people listening aren't going to like this. Now, I've heard some people say, well, Joe Rogan should just say, fuck it, I'm leaving, and go continue to do the Joe Rogan show like he used to do it. Well, that's not going to happen, and here's why. Spotify paid him a lot of money to get exclusivity on that podcast. They might very well have bought the podcast itself. So if Joe Rogan leaves, and I suppose he can actually do that, They're not going to let him do the Joe Rogan show independently anymore. That would be fucking crazy. You gave him $100 million to do the show, he quits, and you go someplace else on his own and does it. That's not going to happen. So as I said, Joe Rogan is fucked now. He took a good thing and destroyed it because he got greedy. And on top of it, he did it by being racist and stupid and dangerous to this country. I have a problem with Joe Rogan. I, you know, I appreciate the fact that he's been successful and gained a huge audience, but what's it all for? He's made a lot of money, but he's also made him look made himself look like a piece of shit. I don't know why anybody would want to do that. Greed is a strong thing, but if you're too greedy, <laughs> it always kicks you in the ass eventually. So we'll see what happens with Joe Rogan. I'm not hopeful that uh, things are going to go well for Mr. Rogan, unfortunately. Now let's talk about the economy. And to be perfectly honest, the economy in this country is booming like never before. And I hate to say that because I sound like Donald Trump. But if you look at the facts and the figures, the stock market is higher than ever. It's breaking records every day. The jobs market, as we talked about, was huge, even though everybody thought it was going to be horrible. People are making more money. The job market is better. The GDP is double anything Donald Trump did. But in spite of all that goodness going on, it seems like people are still upset about the economy. Well, how could that be? You can tell by the polls for Joe Biden. People are upset about the economy, and it's because of one thing inflation. And I guess I understand it because when you go to the store and buy something and it's far more expensive than when you used to buy it, then you're upset about that. So as well as the economy is going, more is coming out of your budget for the same things you always buy. I understand being upset about that. But there's a couple of factors people don't bring into it. Factors that aren't joe biden's fault in fact in spite of the fact that people try to blame joe biden for this i've said this before i'll repeat this one of the reasons for inflation is because of the pandemic when the pandemic came and everything shut down everything being shipped in this country was slowed way down because there was no market it's a it's a supply and demand market When everything was shut down, people weren't buying things. Everything slowed down. So now they're ramping things up with shipments coming into the country, and things will slowly but surely ease back down in pricing because the supply will be up to the level with the demand, like it was before the pandemic. That's one thing. But again, they want to blame Joe Biden for this. Now, as President of the United States, he has to take some responsibility for everything. I get that. He's not without fault. There's no question about that. But there's one other little thing that you have to consider when it comes to inflation. You'll remember when Donald Trump imposed those tariffs on China. How much stuff do we import from China? Pretty much fucking everything. And so he imposed a 25% tariff on China. And then he told us that that tariff would be paid by the Chinese. I don't need to tell you that Donald Trump is a dumb fuck, and that is just not the case. They raise their prices to cover that 25%. The retailers in this country have to buy it at that price. And then those retailers have to pass that price on to us, the public. So guess who pays for the tariff? We do. That's always the case. In spite of what Donald Trump said, Chinese didn't pay shit. We are paying for the tariff. Thank you very much, Donald fucking Trump. So this is another effect on inflation. It causes all the prices of all the things coming out of China, or those things covered in the tariffs, to be 25% more costly. That adds to the perception of inflation. That's Donald Trump's fault. Now, I will say this. The thing that I find uh, kind of troubling, and hopefully something can be done about it. Yes, Donald Trump did implement those tariffs. The question is, can Joe Biden take those tariffs off? Now, I assume he can do that with an executive order or whatever he wants to do. But he hasn't done that. Why not? Does that look like we're weak now against China? Is that why he doesn't do it? He certainly can't agree with the whole point of the tariffs, knowing what it does to our country, our consumers, and our economy. So I don't know. We're talking about a supply and demand situation turned upside down with the pandemic. We're talking about Donald Trump implementing tariffs of 25% from China when we get a lot of things from China, and you have to consider both those things as major parts of inflation. Yet people want to blame Joe Biden. Again, I'm not saying Joe Biden is without blame. There are things he could do or should do or hopefully will do to rectify this situation. And I will tell you this, the inflation problem will be fixed sometime before November 2022. Because, you see, if the Democrats have any control at all, and they do have some, they're going to do whatever they can to shut that down. They want all this information to be exposed about the Republicans and their treasonous and seditious behavior but they also want the inflation rate to come down. That will make Joe Biden look like a hero. The simple minds of many of the American public will say, well, everything's lower now, so I love Joe Biden. Unfortunately, that's how it works. So we'll see what happens with inflation. It is a problem. It's not all Joe Biden's fault. But Joe Biden is president now, so let's see what he does to take care of it. Once again, having to clean up Donald Trump's fucking mess. The pandemic expanded as much as it did because of Donald Trump. The tariffs on China were implemented by Donald Trump. Inflation is here, and a large part of that is the fault of Donald Trump. And we wrap things up here. You know, we found out that some of the documents that the National Archive turned over to the January 6th committee were torn up. Yeah, they were just torn up, which, of course, is illegal. It's illegal uh, according to the Presidential Records Act. You can't do that. Any document or any kind of written material that is uh, created in the White House, in the Oval Office, during a presidential administration— needs to be preserved and sent to the National Archives. But instead, under the Trump administration, many documents have been torn up. Now, that seems bad enough, doesn't it? I mean, that sounds bad. That's certainly illegal. But what we're hearing now is we're finding out that uh, tearing up and shredding documents, notes, etc., was a constant and habitual practice. It was done all the time. Donald Trump did it all the time, and his his advisors and such did it all the time. Now, why would you do that? You know that the law states you have to preserve everything. His advisors warned him over and over again. But still, Donald Trump tore things up, shredded things, documents that are supposed to be preserved, but he just tore them up because he thought he was special. He thought he could do whatever he wanted. Now, clearly, the only reason why you would tear things up or shred things is because you're hiding something. You know for a fact that you did things illegal. And so now you want to try to cover it up. And that's an important finding. Because you see, and I don't know why they do this, but when people are charged with crimes, especially on the upper levels in in Congress or in the White House or the President of the United States. Not only do they have to find out what the crime was, apparently they have to worry about the intent. Did they know what they were doing? I always thought that ignorance wasn't an excuse for breaking the law. But apparently it is when we're talking about government officials. So they have to understand the intent of why they did it. Did they realize they were doing something criminal? Well, in this case, he was warned multiple times. The Presidential uh, Records Act is in all the manuals and such you get when you go into the uh, office of the presidency, but he continued to do it. So to me, that shows intent. The only thing... He could be doing that for is to hide things. And if he's knowingly hiding things, then he knows he's committing a crime and there is no question about his intent for what he did. That's a mistake for Donald Trump. The fact that they have that information may be the thing that uh, takes him down hard because the intent uh, clearly is there. Now, The information that comes out of the people that were in the White House say he was continually warned. The practice was relentless, widespread, and indiscriminate. These are clear violations of the Presidential Records Act. And the fact that he tried to tear documents up to cover things up illustrates the intent in Donald Trump's mind. If just those things and that Presidential Records Act was all they had, they have enough to prosecute him, they have enough to convict him, and they have enough to put him in jail because this is a serious crime. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, how that all comes about. There's a lot of things coming and raining down on Donald Trump right now. He has to be squirmy and... uh, shitting his depends because he's quickly finding no way out. He's always been able to lie or bullshit or intimidate his way out. But there are too many things happening, too many people coming at him. He's not smart enough to juggle it all and fix it all. Now, even if he gets out from underneath a few of these things, at least one or two of them are going to hit him hard. That's why when people say Donald Trump will never be indicted, he'll never go to court. I think that's bullshit. There's just too much shit and too many people coming after him. Donald Trump can't control it. He can't afford decent lawyers. None of them want to work for him anymore. So this man is cornered, and there's going to be a lot of shit coming down on him anytime soon. Be patient. It's coming. They wouldn't be going through all of this shit unless the intent was to take Donald Trump down. They wouldn't be putting all this time and man hours into it and all this money into it unless there was an end game. And there is an end game. They have to do something to Donald Trump because that sends a horrible message for future administrations. It's like a free pass to do whatever the fuck you want. And uh, the Department of Justice and our government, our Congress, and our Senate have to do something to uh, nip it in the bud, as Barney Fife used to say. They gotta stop it it's 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 the most crucial thing we have to deal with right now. If we don't shut it down and make people accountable, we're going to be dealing with this forever, and they know it, so they are going to take him down. Trust that. All right, we're wrapping things up for another Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for spending time with me. Again, if you have questions, comments, complaints, or stories, I want to hear your stories. Send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm. Look for the Rational Boomer podcast. Leave me a voicemail message. You have a great day, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.